Hey ladies, welcome to Grown and Sexy Sisters Talk. This is real conversation for real women about real life. I'm your host, Nisi Gale, and I'm a personal transformation coach, women's empowerment specialist, and your number one fierce sister. This is episode number three, and it is the first episode in my Get Your Money Right series. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Mrs. Siobhan Woodard and Ms. Diana Lindsay. Both of these ladies are experienced professionals in the real estate and finance fields. Siobhan is a licensed realtor and brings over 20 years of experience to the table, and Diana is a loan officer with over 22 years in the business. In this episode, we're going to talk to Siobhan and Diana about all the things we need to know to be eligible to purchase our own home. Over the last few years, single female home ownership has risen dramatically, so we're going to get a wealth of knowledge and some great tips from these ladies to help us on the road to home ownership. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode number three. Much love, be blessed, and stay grown to sexy sisters. We'll speak soon. All right, so welcome, ladies. This is Grown and Sexy Sisters Talk, real conversation for real women about real life. I'm your host, Nisi Gale, and today I have something special planned for you. This seminar today is going to be all about home buying and financing questions. I know a lot of you ladies have had some questions about your finances and different things that you can do um, to improve your life situation, whether it be buying a new home or getting the finances for a new home. So today I have two special guests on the line. I'm so excited to have these ladies, so blessed to have them on the line with us. They have years and years and years of experience in home buying and financing. And so I'm just going to introduce my guests. Today I have Diana Lindsay. And Diana is a loan officer. She has over 22 years of experience, which is amazing. She specializes in FHA and VA loans, excuse me, and she also works closely with first-time home buyers. So, hi, Diana. You want to say hi to the crowd? Hello, everybody. And Gail, thanks so much for uh, inviting me to join. I'm really yes. excited. Thank you for taking the time out. I know you are super busy over there in the finance world, so <laughs> I'm so happy that you were able to find the time to join us. My pleasure. All right, and I also have the amazing Siobhan Woodard on, and she is a licensed realtor and associate with Execuhome Realty. Now, she has been in real estate for over 20 years, which is amazing. These two ladies have over 40 years experience, so they should definitely be able to point us in the right direction. Now, Siobhan, she also specializes in first-time homebuyers, which a lot of you may be, and she also works with move-up buyers. So we're going to learn a little bit more about exactly what that is um, going forward. But thank you, Siobhan. Thank you so much for joining me. I so appreciate you. Thank you for having me on the show, Nisi. Okay, awesome, awesome. So, ladies, I like to, this is your first time on one of my podcasts, so one of the things that I like to do, I'm a researcher. I like researching stuff, okay? So, Siobhan, I think I sent you this article a little while back, but let me just share the facts with the ladies and that why I feel like it's so important to um, have you guys want to talk to us about home ownership. Now, I've been reading some articles, and all the facts point to last year, in uh, 2017, and then 2018, which is this year, Female home buyership, single women home buyers are at an all-time high right now. So according to the statistics, this year, about 19% of all home buyers, which is one-fifth of all home buyers in the United States, are, are single females. So these are numbers that we have never seen as a country. And so 
you know, obviously there's been a shift, you know, towards women buying their own homes. Now, I personally, last year, I took the leap and I bought my own home too. And so when I saw the statistics and I realized that I was a part of the statistic, <laughs> I started talking to my friend Siobhan about home ownership. We're just trying to see where this trend is going and how I can help my grown and sexy sisters. So we put together some questions to ask the ladies to take advantage of all their wealth of knowledge. And hopefully these questions will help you guys on your path to home ownership. Don't be afraid to do it. It's, it's possible you guys can do it. And I'm proof and I have these ladies on here to help you figure it out. So ladies, let's jump right on into the questions. Are you, are you all set for the questions? Ready. Okay, awesome. So now, is it a good idea for women to buy a new home if she doesn't have a husband or a partner? What does that look like? Um, let me go first on that. And I just like to say that many of my clients are women without partners. And oh. I think it's, it's always a good idea depending on the person's comfort level. And if you are tired of renting and, you know, you, you've been on, you have some job stability and you know that uh, the way to build wealth is through home ownership, then, you know, go, go right ahead. Don't, don't hesitate. That's the main thing. Don't hesitate. Make that call. I feel that um, a woman doesn't necessarily have to have a spouse or partner um, to purchase a home as long as she is able to afford that mortgage on her own. I deal with a lot of first-time homebuyers as well that are single, and they've jumped out, and they've decided to do this thing, and they are still managing and owning their homes to this day. Um it's, I mean, it is a good idea. It is good if you have someone that's, you know, that's by your side or that's a significant other, that's a spouse. A second income is always helpful when it comes to doing anything financially, but I don't think it's necessarily um, a must-have. As I said before, you know, I deal with many first-time home buyers, especially women who have, you know, decided to go ahead and I've encouraged it. You know, they can do, people can do anything that they want to do as long as that's where their heart is and as long as they keep that goal in mind that this is what they want to do and they just go for it. I'd also like to say that um, once they are approved and they get into their own home, it's, it's really a confidence booster. Um, they feel yeah. good about themselves mm -hmm. and uh, it, it just uh, opens the doors for a lot, of, uh, a lot of other things as well in terms of confidence. Yeah, I like that. And I like a couple of things that you, that you ladies said. Now, I know that for me personally, I'm divorced. And so, you know, after having to start completely over, you know, after my divorce and having to rent apartments and rent out places. And, you know, like you said, Diana, about, you know, people not wanting to pay the cost of rent. The rent was going so high, you know, that I was like, wait a minute, you know, I'm dumping all of this money you know, into renting. And now how can I be using this money for something that I have for myself? And not to mention the fact that, you know, every time something broke down, you had to wait weeks <laughs> for them to come fix it. I mean, it just was becoming a hassle. And I was like, you know what, let me see what I can do on my own. And I, I like that you said that. And like you said, it makes you feel good to be able to have something that is your own. You know, that, that is a big, big thing. 
<laughs> it's really funny that you said that, um, Gail, because uh, rents are going so high now. A lot of the times you can buy an, a really nice home for less than you're paying uh, in rent. Definitely hmm. some good information. So when is the right time for us to consider buying a home? I think that's a personal preference. Um, I think a person can purchase a home at any time. Um, uh, well, she, a woman, may feel as though she has saved up enough money financially and she's just ready to make that move and become a homeowner. And then, too, it depends on the day-to-day -day living um, living accommodations. Um if she has a large family, she may feel as though, okay, I'm tired of renting. We need more space. I need, you know, I need more space for my family. So, you know, that that's always an option. So I think any time can be a good time as long as you feel as though you have, as long as you feel as though you have like a safety net where so you're able to make that move financially to purchase a home. Okay. Yeah, I think you Gail, I think your example is the best example. Mm -hmm. I think when uh, mainly when people come to the realization that they're not getting anything for their rent mm -hmm. uh, and they're not moving forward pretty much, uh, buying a house is, is the best wealth builder. At least you know you have some uh, equity coming up in your house. Right. Uh, you have the tax write-offs that none of that you get with renting. So mm -hmm. I think a person has to get tired of renting mm -hmm. like like you did, and uh, that gives them a good uh, point of reference to say, hmm, maybe I can buy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like that you mentioned that because, you know, for me, I work, you know, I have business that I run from home. So, you know, I was looking for, let me find every single, <laughs> let me find every single thing that I could do to try to get some write-offs or to do something to improve my situation. Because, you know, a lot of times we'll be, you know, just wishing and hoping and praying that, you know, something can happen to improve our situation when there's a lot of things that we can be doing to do it ourselves, which is looking at, That's home, right. like you said, building equity, having something that you can leave for your family, you know, down the line and grandchildren and stuff like that, you know? So that for me was really, really important to make sure that I was building a better financial future, not only for myself, but for my, for my children. Yeah. Renting makes the landlord rich. <laughs> Buying makes you rich. That's right. I like that. <laughs> That's what I always tell customers. I like that. That's good. That's good stuff. But, you know, we, we got to change our thought process around this stuff because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we just pull, we, sometimes we get into that poor broke down mentality, like, oh, what was me? I'm poor and I'm broke and I can't do anything about it. But, you know, let's start this conversation so we can make the steps that we need to make to try to change our circumstances and our situation. And this is a big, big step. However, if you start with baby steps and you can, you know, move on the road. So that's, that's really good information. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, some people just pro procrastinate or they're not, this is sort of get, getting into your next topic. They're, they're unsure about the credit. Yeah. Well, if you're unsure, make the call. Mm -hmm. And if you're not ready now, then, you know, a good lender can position you to be ready maybe three months, six months, nine months down the road. Right. And then then that leads to fear. So yeah, now that you mentioned it, let's talk about that. So do do we have to have perfect credit to buy a house? Absolutely not. 
Okay. Ab- absolutely not. And I think a lot of people think that, but um, with FHA, which to me is the easiest way to get into a house, you know, it's a program for more marginal buyers, and you don't have to have perfect credit. Mm-hmm. In fact, we can do an FHA loan down to a 580 credit score. Wow. Uh, every every case is evaluated on a case-by-case basis, of course. And um, we have also a down payment assistance program where you only have to have 620 as your credit score to get to get into that program. Wow. So um, it's uh, people, people think that they have to have more than they, they need. But once you make that call and uh, talk to a lender, you know, they'll explain how the process works because I think people are, you know, putting a little more into to the whole process than they need to. So sounds like you mean making assumptions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Making assumptions that they can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times a lot of times they can do it. And um Siobhan, I'm sure that you've um had customers that thought they couldn't, you know, buy a house and when they go to a lender, all of a sudden the lender tells them you can buy a house. Mm-hmm. These are the people these are the people that mm-hmm. are so surprised. Yeah. And these are the people that are so um so thankful mm-hmm. that they got into a house and mm-hmm. I, and I love working with them. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, that's where we start. That's the first step that we take. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, yes, they can sit, they can chat with me about what it is that they want to do, but before we determine how to move forward. The first thing I do is have my clients sit down with a lender and, you know, we reach out to Diana. Diana usually um, take an application and, you know, ask them questions as far as how soon they're looking to move, um, questions like what is their credit score like, things of that nature. And then Diana usually goes in, pull the application and get started and determine, you know, their credit worthiness. Mm-hmm. And then that's how we know how to move forward. I also like to start that process by asking them, what is your comfort level with making a mortgage payment every month? Mm-hmm. And uh, right. some people think about that. Some people want to go maybe 100 or 200 over what they're paying for uh, rent. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, they have to get into their head, what do I feel comfortable with yeah. make it, making as a mortgage payment every month? Mm-hmm. So that's Absolutely. where we start, and that's you know that's the comfort level that I try to build into the transaction. Mm-hmm. Now, and I like that. And now, one of the things that you know sets me apart from most people is that I I don't have a lot of filters, and I don't. The reason why I'm doing this podcast is so that people who are fearful of doing certain things can understand that. It's a mindset change. You know, we need to be frank about these situations and talk about it. Now, that was my disclaimer, okay? (laughs) So I want to share with the people. One of the things you said is that people make assumptions, right? They come to you, and then they're so grateful because they don't realize that they can be approved for a mortgage. Now, after my divorce, I had to end up filing bankruptcy. Now, that's that's something a lot of people won't share, but I'm sharing that. And the reason why I share that is because when you are in a position where you have to file bankruptcy and completely start over, 
you feel like personally, I don't know about anybody else, but the way that I felt was that my life was over. First of all, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, my life is over. I'm never going to own another home again. I'm never going to have this. Never, 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 never. That's where my mind was. But then I started doing some research and I started reading about it and I started thinking about the possibilities. Okay. And I started saying to myself, well, what if, you know, what if, let me do some research and let me see, because when you file bankruptcy, there might be a lot of people who's listening to this, who may be on the road to or recovering from bankruptcy. So you automatically think that, okay, well, you read that it says, well, I'm going to file bankruptcy. You got to wait 10 years before you have to, you can do anything else in your life. Life is, <laughs> life is completely over for 10 years. Like, forget it. Don't even think about it. Okay. Uh, I'm here to say that's not true. Okay. It isn't. It is not true, <laughs> ladies. That's why I'm sitting in my beautiful little teeny house. It's not true. Okay. So this is some of the stuff that I want to, I want to highlight and spotlight. That's why I wanted to talk to you guys about the credit card. It's because figure it out. Let's go out and get the research done and just see. And even if you, even if you are in bankruptcy, you're not, you know, far enough out, you know, then going to someone like Diana can help you learn what are the steps that you need to do to be prepared for that. So maybe she, maybe, you know, she might say, okay, well, let's, you need another year and here are all the things that you need to do, but don't automatically assume that your situation is so bad that you can't. I'm glad you brought that up because um, filing a bankruptcy is actually a new beginning. Right. It draws a imaginary line down your credit uh, report mm -hmm. and everything in front of that line is, is new stuff. That's the new you. Yeah. And everything in back of that line, uh, those things are attributable to the bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. So it gives you an opportunity to start off new, and um, you only have to go two years after your um, after your bankruptcy has been discharged. So in that time frame, it gives you an opportunity to rebuild your credit, which is what the underwriter likes to see. Exactly. That's that, and that's good information. And you know, a lot of times this information is not made readily available for us. So that's why I wanted to get you ladies on here to share this stuff. And that's that's really good information. But you know, I like I like what you did because you did a lot of research. Yeah. And an informed uh, client is the best client to work with because mm -hmm. the, the more good information they have, the better it is for the whole process. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not now, only that, dealing with working with lenders who actually know the bankruptcy process and the bankruptcy laws. You can do, I mean, you can do a lot of research, but you really have to have a team of people that knows how to address potential issues that may come up while you're in the process of purchasing this home and dealing with the bankruptcy issues at the same time. So that's okay. definitely important. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Okay. That's good. That's good information. So now what do you ladies think is the top three mistakes that women tend to make when they're deciding to uh, purchase their own home? Not budgeting for repairs. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good one, Javon. Yes. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, I think um, basically not, not set having a budget set, period. 
Yeah, I think it's very important to have it have a budget set because you're going to after the process is all done, you have those keys. They're going to be times like, for example, we had the rain. We had mm-hmm. this rain yesterday. Mm-hmm. We may have we have some more rain today. It yep. may be something where you get water, have water leaking in your basement somewhere, yes. where you need to have some type of reserves yes. set aside just in case something incidental happens yeah. that needs to be addressed. So I think that's a major issue. Yeah, I definitely. Agree. I think that's. Yeah, I do as well. I think that's that's the biggest issue that people don't, don't think ahead that way. But um, some of the things that I've run into as well, when people come into the system, they already think that they should pay off certain things. And I think uh, a good rule of thumb is not to pay off anything until you talk to your lender. Okay. Because, for example, medical collections, the underwriters usually don't, you know, they don't give that a high priority. So you really don't have to pay off generally medical collections. Huh. I never knew that. So yeah, people will pay those off and I'm like, oh no, they could use that money, that money that they paid the the collections off, they could use that to help them with, you know, the other expenses of buying. Yeah, and then it's the procrastination about making the call. Mm-hmm. You know, make the call because a lot of times you find that people do qualify, although they think they don't qualify. Mm-hmm. So what you're thinking about your whole situation might not even be relevant to the process itself. Right. I think it's fear. It's, mm-hmm. it's fear. It's fear. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's issues that you knew you had in the past mm-hmm. and not wanting to own it and just because it's not mm-hmm. going to be as bad as you think it is, but you got to be willing to face that's right. it and own yeah, that's it. Right. This is what I did. This is mm-hmm. a part of my past. How do I address these issues now so I can move forward and become the homeowner that I want to be? Exactly. Now, I love that. I mm-hmm. I absolutely love that because, you know, I'm a big um, supporter of positive thinking and, you know, just in my own life, how positive thinking has made such a shift for me. And, you know, when you mentioned fear, before you mentioned fear, I was thinking fear. <laughs> I was like, because, uh-huh. you know, yeah, they use that acronym, false evidence appearing real. And it is the fear yeah. of, you know, learning what you have done wrong, addressing what you have done wrong, acknowledging what you have done wrong. You've had some bad spending habits. Okay, you made some bad decisions in the past. Let's own up to it, okay? Let's take a, don't be scared yeah. to look at your credit card, you know, statements. <laughs> don't be scared mm-hmm. to pull up your credit report. As a matter of fact, you know, having some of these credit reporting services, like I personally subscribe to TransUnion, and every month, you know, they give me an update on what's going on with my credit, so I know exactly what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know, you know, you don't know, and, and we're holding ourselves back from having a better future because we are afraid to go get the information. Okay, we messed up. Everybody messes up. You know, if you had to file bankruptcy, okay, it happened. Some people have to file bankruptcy several times in their lifetime, but that doesn't mean that your life is over, that you've had some mistakes, and now you need to to recover from them. That's exactly right. right. We all make mistakes and fall down, 
but it's how you get up and move forward that's, that's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like it. Yes, that is good. I good agree. information. All right. So now, do I have to have a certain amount of money available to buy my own home? I know you mentioned having some money on the side for the cost of repairs and stuff. Siobhan, you want to take that first? Well, I think, um, I think, well, when you first start out and you, well, once you have been, let's say, approved by Diana or whatever lender you decide to choose to work with, um, when going out to look for a home, when you find that home and you decide that you want to write a contract offer, you should have enough money for earnest money deposit. Usually that's the down payment, and usually the rule of thumb is anywhere between $500 to $1,000. There are instances Mm -hmm. where when you submit an offer where the seller may want you to put additional monies down. With that being said, that makes you look more so like a stronger candidate um, and also like you're really you're you're really serious about purchasing this home so yes you should have some money set aside um, to use that as a down payment in addition to whatever type of funds that the lender is telling you that you need to have I do know for the FHA loan, if I'm not mistaken, Diana, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's like three and a half percent that you should have of your own funds. Is that still well, not, the, the rule not, of thumb? Well, it is, but you can sort of get around that a little tiny bit. Right. True. Um, true. True. Siobhan is is right with the earnest money deposit. Okay. Uh, you all you also have to pay for your home inspection. inspection. How much is how much is that run? Home inspections, it depends on the company. I would say the home inspections, I would say, will run anywhere between $175 and maybe $300. It really depends on the company that you're going to use to do the inspections, um, the home inspection, as well as sometimes you may have to have a termite or pest inspection done. Right. And Mm -hmm. that may be anywhere between $50 to $100. Mhm. Mhm. Okay. So now I know I personally now I know I had um cuz I just bought my house last year. Now I ended up paying I think it was close to $500, but there was another test that he did. If you guys can help me out on this. It's a test where they leave the monitor in the house overnight and then they come back to check it. So was it a radon test and radon. radon testing? That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And if that's the case, then that is additional money because that's a total that's totally separate from an inspection. Mm-hmm. The home inspection is where the home inspector goes goes through they and they inspect the entire property and the purpose of that is to advise of potential problems that could occur down the line or to give you an estimated or a life expectancy of how long they think the roof will last, mm-hmm. how long it will be before maybe the, let's, uh, if it's an electrical problem that, you know, you may need to have something, somebody address that within a year or two. So that's the whole purpose of the home inspection. However, when it comes to radon testing, mold testing, things like that, those are separate fees. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends on if there's a house that has a fireplace, then of course you are going to want to have a radon testing done. Okay. Okay. 
So we're so. talking about these fees up front. So typically mm -hmm. what what you're saying, uh, Siobhan, plus the appraisal fee, we ask for that up front as well. Mm -hmm. So you're looking yeah. at up front, you're looking at about $1,800. Okay. And the appraisal fees are different depending on whatever lender that you're working with. Am I correct? Right. Because don't they start at like maybe like between four and five hundred dollars? Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe more. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So somewhere in the neighborhood of eighteen hundred dollars up front will cover you for all the upfront fees. But mm -hmm. in terms of putting the deal together, um, what Siobhan does upfront is uh, researches that property. So she'll know how long that property's been on the market, and mm -hmm. uh, the longer that property's been on the market, Siobhan, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong here. Mm -hmm. um, typically, the seller will give about three percent of the sales price. Typically, yes. The, the longer it's on, the longer the property's on the market, you can definitely use that as a negotiating tool to either mm -hmm. ask for seller contribution or ask seller to lower the price of the home. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the time, rather than, yeah, rather than lowering the price, the um, clients typically need that money to help them with cash to close. So yeah. if um, Siobhan can get 3% from the seller, and we have a special program, and I'm so excited about it. It's called mm -hmm. the House to Home Program. Mm -hmm. And it gives it 4% gives of the loan amount, which is more wow. than the seller gives. Wow. So mm -hmm. that is a great help. That's and that goes that goes to cover some of the three and a half percent. Um right. so when you when you actually tally up the funds, once you pay the that upfront cost, those upfront costs will go to decrease the amount that you have to come to the table with. So you may be coming to the table with maybe about three, four, five thousand dollars, depending on the sales mm -hmm. price, because yeah. of that four percent uh, program and the seller contribution of three uh, percent. So okay. um, that works. That works out pretty well. That will really, really help clients get in mm -hmm. without a whole, whole lot of money. I was just going to say, I think that that's another thing that goes with, you know, not knowing is because we make assumptions that we have to have, you know, $50,000 <laughs> saved in the bank, <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have $50,000, but you know, it, it, it isn't that much money up front. And so there are other ways that you can, you know, like, like Diana said, there's programs and stuff out there. And there's other things that you may be able to qualify for that'll help you with these down payments. That's exactly right, and it makes it a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's 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 definitely um, good information. And now I wanted to know: we talked about the costs that are associated with buying a house. And oh, one more thing, Siobhan, when you when you mentioned with the home inspection and what it does, you know, it helps you be able to know, you know, what things you know need to be fixed. But another thing, in my experience, that when the home inspector, you know, sent my report over, there were things that I wanted to have fixed, right? So he sent me over this, you know, PDF with, I don't know, it was like 20 pages and he had taken pictures and highlighted and marked off everything that he thought 
you know, needed to be fixed or whatever. And so with the seller being that they were in a hurry to sell the house, they didn't want to have to fix anything else. So what that in my particular situation they did was some of the things that I wanted to have fixed, if they didn't feel like bothering with it, then they gave me back money, you know, to do that. So for example, if it was the garbage right. disposal, you know, okay, well, I think a new garbage disposal might be, I don't know, $200. I don't have time to fix it. I want to sell this house. So I'm going to give you $200 back at closing, you know, to be able right. to fix that. So that's another good thing, you know, that we should know as far as you mentioned looking at the roof and because for me, my roof right now needs to be replaced. And that was something that, you know, I wish I had of address with the seller in the beginning which, you know, now it's too late, but this is information that you guys are giving us that's good stuff because these are things that we can bring up at the table and possibly have it addressed then and get the money out front that we need to get this stuff done. Well, actually, it should be addressed before you get to the table. Before. Yeah, oh, because right. you want okay. to know, okay. <laughs> know that it's going to be taken care of yeah. before you even get to the table because okay. what will happen is the seller will agree to sign an addendum stating that they're going to give you X amount of funds in order to address and have these repairs fixed. So right. instead of waiting until you get to the table, because there's always a possibility that it may not be addressed and everybody just may walk. And then you have a lot of people who's going to be upset and disappointed oh. and so forth. So if it's issues like that, those issues should be addressed between the buyer's agent, the buyer's, the listing agent and the seller. So all of that should be addressed and everybody should be should be able to agree to the terms prior to going to settlement. Okay. And I just want to put out there for any of my ladies who are listening who are first time home buyers, when we say before we get to the table, that just basically means the settlement table. So you, when you get through this whole process and the kind of back and forth, there's going to be that day. You're going to have to go sign that big old stack of papers. <laughs> And that's, yeah. that's settlement day. And so when we say at the table, you know, we're talking about on settlement day because you got one person sitting on one side of this big table and you sitting on the other big side, on the side of the table. You got all these people in this room signing your life away. So that's what we mean when we say at the table. I just wonder, you know, because some of the ladies might not, you know, have, have had the opportunity to buy a home yet. So they may not have known what that right. is. Right. All right, ladies, you guys are um, so amazing. Another thing I wanted to say about this particular uh, area as well is uh, a home in, a home warranty might be uh, a good thing for oh, the buyer. Yeah. Yes. 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 And uh, that's definitely uh, money well spent, very well spent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah I've had sure. to use mine a couple times. I'm still within my first year in um. I've had to use it mm -hmm. a couple of times. And, and as a single, you know, woman buying a house, that gave me, which my seller included that, my my agent requested that from the seller and he included it. And so for me- Well, I was going that, to suggest that, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that gave me, because I was single and buying this house by myself, it gave me an extra little feeling of confidence that- Comfort. Okay, Right, mm -hmm. exactly. Like, all right, if something goes wrong, you know, I have this list of things that's covered under the warranty. And with the home warranty, you know, there's a list of things that they cover, which is pretty, pretty much the big stuff, you know, like your water heater or something electrical or it, it covers a lot of stuff. It even covers appliances, which, which I didn't even know. 
beforehand and I just have to pay the deductible. So with mine, I pay a hundred dollars. Call them. Um, my dryer head went out. I didn't know what was going on with the dryer not that long ago, a couple months ago. And I just called them and they came out and they fixed it. It cost me a hundred dollars, you know, for them, the deductible, because it's just like, you know, having insurance, but they came out and they fixed it. And you know how I might've had to get a brand new dryer. They had to replace some parts and blah, blah, yeah, blah. And you'd be paying more than a hundred dollars. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So thank uh -huh. you for bringing that up. Cause it's really important to have that home warranty included. See if you guys can get, you know, the seller to include that. Cause it really has been a benefit for me. All right, so now let's move on to the next question. And so what, okay, let's skip through a couple. So where do we begin? If, if I have a lady on here and she's like, yes, I am ready. <laughs> I want to go see if I qualify to buy myself a house. Where should she begin? <laughs> well, she should start with me first. Okay. Because... I will evaluate her whole situation. I'll take the mortgage application, like um, Siobhan suggested, and I'll go through that whole process. I'll pull a credit, and uh, one of the things that we look look for too are the the house, the ratios. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, once I get her pre-approved, then I can give. Siobhan a pre-approval letter saying that I've looked at the credit, I've looked at the income and uh, you know everything is in line for her to buy a house priced at whatever it is we come up with based on the comfort level. So okay. uh, if, we, if we can get that far I mean, if we can't get that far and she has some credit issues or mm -hmm. uh, she's uh, filed bankruptcy she's almost out of it, out of the two-year period, mm -hmm. then I can still pull her credit and give her some information as to what she needs to do if she's motivated. Okay. So um, a lot of times just uh, point them in, in a good direction so that if she can't do it now, uh, maybe five months from now, she'll be able to move forward. Right. Okay. And I like that because, you know, it's all about baby steps. And I think, you know, for me, I can't speak for everybody, but I used to think in terms of, you know, everything is, I got to do it now. It's big. I got to do it now. And if I can't do it now, it can't be done. But, you know, it's about baby steps. You know, these are the things that you want for yourself. You want to improve your situation, your circumstances, mm -hmm. want to leave a legacy for your children. And you want to be able to be financially responsible, build your portfolio, have something that you can build equity in, but it could be baby steps. And so, you know, even if you can't do it today, you know, if you go to Miss Diana and she says, okay, sister, you got some things you need to work on. <laughs> Let me say something else, okay? This is something we didn't address. And I'm gonna skip through some of these questions because I don't want to keep you ladies on here for too long. Let's, let's address something else that we kind of touched on it a little bit, but we want to go back now. When I was approved for my mortgage, okay, I had these people sending me all these little things. You're approved, you're approved, you're approved. You can get this, you can get that. So when I called them, you know, based on my income, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, you approved for, yo, you can get a house that's $400,000. And I was like, wow. <laughs> what? I can get a house that's $400,000. I mean, now, depending on where you guys, you know, are listening from, if you're in the state of Maryland, 
Okay, $400,000 to get you a nice, nice, big, single-family, two-car garage, you know, whatever, depending on where you live at, right? However, mm-hmm. okay, let's let's put the however in there. You guys can't see my face because you're not on the video, but I'm giving them the however face, okay? Bring that back, all right? Just because these people tell you you would approve for ABC, XYZ, don't go out there shopping for a $500,000 house because they told you that's what you can get. We touched on that. Be realistic about your finances. What are you going to be comfortable with? If you was to lose your job next week or two weeks after you get the house, are you still going to be able to pay that mortgage payment? Don't go out here getting no $4,000 a month payment because, oh, girl, look at my house. It's ABC. No. Take a step back from that. Okay? Take a step back from that. Now, I personally, when I was married, I had a nice big new construction, fabulous house. Everything was big and beautiful and everything. And I lost all of that stuff in in the divorce. And so now when I came into it, I'm like thinking, wow, I can get blase blind. I'm having this big house like I had before. And no, one of the things I learned since I've been on this journey of transforming myself into a new person and, and having new thoughts is that I need to live within my means. I have a very good friend that talked to me for years and years about live within your means. Stop trying to, you know, impress the Joneses, trying to trying to be the Joneses, impressing everybody because you got a big house, you got this. You don't need all of that stuff. You single, you don't need that stuff. Okay. I'm just telling you. Get something that you can afford. Get something like Miss Diana said. Some people look to go 100 or 200 underneath of what their rent was. Get something that you're comfortable with. You don't want to. I, I know that um, the term is out there being house poor, house broke, right? Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. want to be house broke or house poor. You still want to maybe take a trip here and there. You're going to want to have some money in the bank for any emergencies that come up. Don't get a mortgage that you can't afford because you think it is ABC, XYZ, okay? If you're single, you need a house that's big enough for you. If you have children, make sure you have some space for your children. But you don't need this big, fabulous house. Because really, to me, pertinent, it's my personal opinion, but this is my podcast, so I get to give my personal opinion, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's the best part of it. My personal opinion is... The money that you're wasting on a house that you can't afford, you could be putting that in a savings, okay? So you get in a house that's $2,000 or $2,500 a month and you really, really, really can't afford that because the people told you you were approved for that. That difference in the $500 that you can get a smaller house, you can be putting that in a savings account. You can be putting it in a, uh, in a, in a, um, in a, what is the, it's a college savings. I can't think of the name of it right now, but you could be putting that in the college savings for the kids. So let's think mm-hmm. smart about this. Let's get just what we need, a nice roof over our head, something that we can build equity in. We want to make sure that it's in a nice, safe neighborhood. Do your research. You know, you can, um, some of these apps that they have, I know is um, Zillow and I can't think of the name of the other app that I was using, but they'll actually show you the crime statistics in the neighborhoods and stuff like that. You know, those are things that's really important. So do you got, do you guys get ladies asking you about like the crime in the neighborhood and is it safe and stuff like that? Yeah, I, mean, I want to address. Part, I can, go, go ahead, Diana. No, you go. No, you go ahead. For the most part, I would say when I'm working with clients, 
Um, in order for them to determine if a neighborhood is safe, I generally tell them to go and, and just scout the neighborhood certain times of the day. Mm -hmm. Look at the neighborhood in the morning. Yeah. Look at the neighborhood in the afternoon. Look at the neighborhood at night and see what type of activity that, that goes on. Yes. If you don't like what you see, then you know that's not the house for you. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's not the neighborhood for you, mm -hmm. you know, but I, I generally tell people to just go and just ride around, ride around a, a few blocks of the neighborhood, you know, and just see what type of what types of activity you go on. If you see a lot of kids, you know, then it could be a, a, a family oriented neighborhood where they generally have a whole lot of kids that be out and about and they're playing. But wow. if you see there's activity where people standing on the corners, doing whatever, you know, then, you know, you might might want to reconsider, <laughs> you know, and look someplace else. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Gail, you brought, you brought up a really uh, good point because a lot of clients will ask me, well, tell me the most I qualify for. And uh -uh. I always, I always ask the next, next question. Well, what do you feel comfortable paying for right. as a monthly mortgage payment? They may have a kid in college mm -hmm. or two kids in college. Mm -hmm. They may have, um, who knows, the $500, $600 car payment. So, wow. you know, even if they can get that $400,000 house, they're not going to be able to go out for a pizza. Mm-hmm. House broke. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I like and I asked them. Shop. If you like to, yeah. if you still like to shop, <laughs> and you like them, you want to go to the little wine festivals and okay. so forth. Then don't, don't, then just don't focus on. Okay, I gotta have a four or five hundred thousand dollar house because my mm -hmm. girl got the same thing, or my my, my girlfriend or my buddy, we, or uh -huh. even for group girl. of females, and we all got this type of house. No, it's uh -huh. you know, it's how. You want to live. That's right. It's That's your day-to-day. Right. -day. Exactly if you want right. to add some extra funds in your pocket where I can say, you know what? I'm going to take me a trip. Yes. I ain't got to keep up with everybody else. That's not what I'm supposed to do. That's as long I'm as you, the home that you select is going to provide the needs for you uh -huh. if you have a family and your family, you, and, your family mm -hmm. and you're getting the most of it and you're generating income by the equity in it, Mm -hmm. then you should be good. Mm -hmm. You should be good. You want to have dollars in your pocket. You want to be able to just, okay, I just want to do this just because, you know, well, and I can do this just because I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Well, right. let me pay my movie. I mean, you could set up a budget. That's not what I'm saying, not to set up a budget, but okay, I could take this paycheck and I could just pay my mortgage off. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't love to do that? Just one paycheck mm -hmm. and pay off they pay their mortgage, whatever bills that come along with it, and then you got another paycheck during the month where you can do whatever you want. That's right. That that that's the American dream. That's, what that's you good want. stuff. Listen, that's good that's stuff. What you want. I, that's good stuff, and I'm glad that you brought that up because you know, for me, I lived on the other side of that paycheck to paycheck and worrying about you know paying the mortgage stuff like mm -hmm. that. And, the thing about it is once you get to a place where you realize that you 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 have just overdone it, overextended yourself, you can't do it, you live in paycheck to paycheck, you know, you worried about what's going to happen next. Once you get to that place, you don't ever want to go back there again. So for me, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, 
Okay, Mr. Um, Capital One, I feel you what you're saying that I can afford, but let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to settle for a house that's half of what you're telling me that I can get mm -hmm. so that if it goes down, I can still afford it. Now, right now, this is, and this is, and I, and I love this, and we're going to wrap it up in a little bit, but this is how things work in the universe. Now, not even a year after I bought my house, I'm injured, I'm on disability. Okay, I'm not even working now. I'm just getting disability from my job right now. So let's imagine what would have happened mm -hmm. if your girl had got that big, big house that the man told her she could afford last year on that salary that I, because I mean, you never know, right? Your salary that you're getting right here when you're getting approved for your house, it may not be the same as your salary next year or the year after that. You don't That's know. Right. This is a long-term investment. Right. So you're not thinking about what's happening today. You're thinking about, OK, what could potentially happen? Because now because I had, OK, let me get a smaller house. Let me get something I can afford. Then I'm still able to pay my bills comfortably and I'm getting disability, which is only a portion of what my originally my original salary was. But see, a lot of people not thinking that way. And that's why it's good that we are here to have these conversations and talk to ladies about this is the thought process. Let's start thinking like this. Let's be smart about our finances. Let's be smart about our investments. And let's set it up where we don't have to worry about living paycheck to paycheck. Like you said, we can go to the mall. Look, we can have crab night. <laughs> we can get some crabs. <laughs> go on a trip. <laughs> we can go on yeah. a trip. We can go to the wine festival and buy some bottles of wine without no problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, ladies. So, um... Last question now, are there any other tips that you can give us about home buying and financing that we didn't already discuss? You guys gave us a lot of jewels and I'm so thankful that you blessed us with that. But any other tips? Mm, I don't know, Diana, what you think? I'm trying to think. I know we did touch on a lot. Yeah. Well, I think um I think the biggest thing is not to be afraid. Don't let the fear Mm -hmm. consume you, especially if you're a single mom with a couple of kids, you're living on your own and paying rent, mm -hmm. you know, um, you have a stable job, you might have some credit blemishes. Don't let that stop you from making the inquiry because you have to know where you, where you are now to get to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important. That's right. And there's a lot of programs out there you know, that, that are available for people. Um, I know NACA is one of them. I don't know if you guys have personally worked with NACA, but I know that NACA, I've known people who've gone through NACA and they went through the program, they got their little certificate and they, you know, were giving money towards a down payment. I know personally, I went through my, I went to my 401k company and talked to them about what options I got a 401k, what options mm -hmm. do I have there that I could use some money out of that for a down payment for a house. So it's, a, it's all about thinking outside the box to get exactly what you want. Don't be afraid. Like Ms. Diana said, don't be afraid to just go find out. It's, knowledge is power and it's free. You can just Google some of this stuff. We can talk that's, to Ms. That's Diana. That's exactly right. Right. We can talk to Ms. Even, Diana. Even when, they come to, even when they come to me, Gail, it's free. I don't charge anything uh, for exactly. my services. Oh, really? Exactly. Yeah, consultation. Right. And I wow. think the most important thing the most important thing is you don't know until you try. That's right. 
That's, your, yeah, that's the first step. I agree with that. You have no idea until you try. You can't base it on fear. Well, I don't think I can. You won't, sister, you won't know until you make that first step. That's right. And you don't have to wait. I, I was looking at an article here and it said, um, drop the spouse and get the house or something like that. I was like, Lord. But, you know, <laughs> women, we are, you listen, we, we are single at higher rates than we ever have been. Some of us have never been married based on the situation. Uh, 50% of us have been married and are divorced. And so you can't wait. Okay, we, we all want to be in a good relationship. You know, mo- not we all, but many, many women want to be in a good relationship. And they're waiting for a man to come and the Mr. Knight and Shining Armor to come and save them. And okay, that may or may not happen. However, don't use that as an excuse to not get what you need because real talk, many of the men that's out here right now, they want a responsible woman, okay? They want a woman who's independent, who has shown that she can do things on her own, who is financially responsible. Any good man that's out there, he is gonna want a woman who is financially responsible because if you get in a relationship with him and you end up getting married, you bringing your stuff and he bringing his stuff and nobody don't want nobody who coming in broke down, don't have nothing, always crying about it. They want somebody who is going to be, say, hey, I'm an independent woman. I got this thing going. You can contribute to my life, but you're not waiting for the man to do it for you. So this is why we have sure this you, conversation. Make mm-hmm. sure you look at that credit before you hook up. Honey, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> say that again, Diana. Make sure you know where the credit is before you hook up. Mm. I think we, Miss Diana, look, I think we're going to have to do a whole other podcast just on that. I was just getting ready to say that's a whole different podcast. Woo! That's a whole different, it's a lot that comes from that. Yes, ma'am. Look, people because if you want, if you want to buy a house and uh, that other person doesn't have your same ideas or um, mm-hmm. aspirations, I mean, it's, don't, don't step back on what you want to do. Right. Don't step back on your, right. your dreams. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, this is some great information. I love you ladies for taking the time out to, to bless us with these jewels. You guys have over 40 years experience in this. And I thank you so much. Now, tell the ladies, where can they find you for more help or if they have questions based on the stuff that you guys share with us today? Um, my company is Land Home Financial Services. We're located in Piceville. And you can call me on 410-504-6654. Let me say that again, 410-504-6654. Again, my name is Diana Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, and I'll be more than happy to take a look at your situation, and uh, uh, Siobhan and I can get you in a good position to, to buy. I like it. Okay, my company is Executive Home Realty. We're located in Pikesville, Maryland. My direct number is 410-371-8444, or you can reach me by email at shavonwarder at gmail.com, and that's spelled S-H-A-R-B-O-N-W-O-O-D-A-R-D at gmail.com. Again, 410-371-8444. Um, I'm available to speak with you, whether by phone or through email at any time. Okay, awesome. Now, Miss Diana, did you want to share email address? 
Yeah, let me give uh, let me give my email out as well. Some sometimes people are reluctant to call. Yes, ma'am. My email is Diana D I A N A dot Lindsay L I N D S is in Sam A Y at L H F is in Francis S is in Say dot com. Okay, awesome. So thank you so much. And I, like I said, I really, really appreciate that you ladies took the time out to jump on here and to just give us these jewels because, you know, we're grown and sexy sisters talk. We, we just want to make sure that women have the knowledge that they have to live their best lives now. And if it's not something they can do now, we can start them down the road. So a year from now or a couple months from now, they can, they can live out their dreams. And so Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and I'll be talking soon. Look, we may have to get another podcast on there about making sure this man got his credit together too. So <laughs> Gail, thank you so much for the inv invitation. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. All right. All right, ladies. Well, you have a blessed Sunday and we'll speak soon. Okay, ladies, you have just reached the end of another episode of grown and sexy sisters talk. This was real conversation for real women about real life. I really hope you enjoyed our talk and I have a little homework for you. First, I want you to go to my website, www.grownandsexysister.com to sign up for my newsletter. On there, you can also read my blog, find valuable free resources, schedule a coaching session, or just check out some upcoming events. Second, I want you to subscribe to my podcast. You can do it on iTunes or Google Play. You don't want to miss out on one single episode, so that's going to be really important. And third, check me out on YouTube. You can type in Grown and Sexy Sister with an A-H in the search bar and make sure to subscribe there as well. I want you to be able to see the amazing video recordings of these podcasts there. So much love, be blessed, stay grown and sexy sisters, and we'll speak soon.